What's going on, travelers? This is your main man, Just GQ, and you are locked and loaded, tuned in to another episode of The Travel Guides, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. It's been a minute, y'all, and I apologize for the absence. I know, you know, some people do dry January. We did no episode January, <laughs> but we are back and better. So we will, you know, those of you who are following me on Instagram know that I made a move over the holidays. So I recently, I think I mentioned before that I got a new gig at work, new role. It's going to move me down to Florida. Although that's a whole nother thing I'm trying to figure out, like where in Florida and all that stuff. But that's neither here nor there. However, when I left Chicago, I road trip down. So I stopped all the way, you know, in typical GQ50 form. Stopped at Indy for a little bit. Stopped in Louisville. Stopped in Nashville. Stopped in Atlanta. And was just able to highlight some of my people and spend some time with family over the holidays. Obviously, uh, back home in Nashville. And before I drove down on, I believe it was the day before New Year's, down to Florida. Um, And so I've been down here and just trying to get settled. You know, so I don't know how many of you all have have moved for work, but that could be a, a quite the undertaking as I'm as I'm realizing uh, here. So I'm just trying to get trying to get settled, and in that, not be having not being settled and not having my computer, not having access to my mic and all these things, like I just needed to, I had to get my setup together. So my apologies for that. I'm actually going to go in to that. Um, just kind of breaking it down on another episode, just you know, just to just to wrap. And because some people don't know that you can relocate through work or, or how to go about navigating that, so I thought that might be an interesting thing to touch on, touch on in another episode. However, in the absence or during the time, really December to January, we've added a few things. International P and I were able to get together. We built out this year's calendar. Feeling really good, really excited. Got some great things coming. We've added a YouTube. So a lot of you guys were asking for video and suggesting video. Video is here. Video is coming. So we are, excuse me, that was a little confusing. Video is has been recorded and will be being uploaded to our YouTube account. It will be, just search the travel guides everything we're trying to keep everything the travel guides and you all know that we launched our website as well www.thetravelguides.world yes i said dot world so go there check that out we got episodes ig feed bios blogs the whole nine so just go there and, and check that out and additionally we've added a patreon you know, Patreon is, I, I struggle with that personally, to be all the honest, because I'm not one who likes to ask for, for money. This has been a passion project for a long time. However, there are increasing costs as we're expanding to different channels, different platforms, and are trying to do more things. And so as we are trying to expand the travel guides and make sure that we are reaching as many people as possible, we are opening we are open for donations and for and, and in that the Patreon account was born. Now, this will not be just a, a GoFundMe. We will be providing some value for that. So we, we're going to have exclusive content such as travel itineraries and things that you all have asked us for. We can offer those and share how we are exactly how we are doing our trips or how we are organizing them with you guys so that you all can either mimic or just you a lot of times you just need something as a base so that you can figure out 
how to how to navigate and and what and then you can tweak as you go but you need like a you need something to react to i'll say so that that's coming as well and we got a lot of great things coming in in 2019 also we have some great content coming your way i mentioned the video piece international p and i recorded a an episode over the holidays is going to be mad out of order now whenever we <laughs> whenever we upload it but you know just bear with us then I just got back from Mexico on hashtag MLK Vacation 2019. So we'll we'll have an episode about that. And then I mentioned we have the I'll have an episode as the about the about the move as well. So a lot of great things coming. But first things first, we have some things to finish. Today we've got the final episode of the Thanksgiving Adventure. So you'll in this episode you'll hear from JT Fit and Fresh, our friend Ivy who was on the trip as well. Our tour guide, Uri, who led us through Jerusalem, as we as we mentioned previously, we talked and raved about him. I have some, some live audio of him, just so you can get a feel of what those tours sound like. And, and there will be a, a couple other guests here. And then, obviously, I'll be narrating and taking you through it and adding some of my thoughts along the way. So the first thing that I wanted to chat with you all about, assuming that you all are not tired of hearing me speak yet, is just overall, we were able to, you know, we mentioned that we had Allie come in late in the game, which speaks to her just book it mentality. Oh, I totally forgot. We got merch coming. We got merch coming, y'all. <laughs> I'm tripping. Uh, <laughs> some of y'all saw the, the buttons. We've got Travel Guys buttons that just came in. We're going to build those out, build out like a, a, a merch catalog, I guess, with like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, what have you, So and totes. We're very open to suggestions, so by all means. And that that will be something that we will also offer with Patreon, like exclusive um, merch items. However, that's another reason why y'all should check out the website as well, www.thetravelguides.world. Yes, I said dot world because that's where you can find the merch. I'll obviously be blasting it on all of the IG platforms as well. But yeah, my bad, my bad. But yeah, now you know. And that made me think of it because one of the buttons says just book it on it. So when I said just book it mentality, you see, you feel me. You see these synapses firing. Y'all didn't know I knew about synapses, but I do. So as I was saying before, my, my my memory was jogged. <clears throat> you know, we we were able to add Allie to the trip late in the game, but there and so we secured her lodging, or she secured her lodging in Egypt uh, previously. And so we were looking at Jerusalem. We were like, we might be able to finesse you in this room. Hotel was very cool and whatnot, but we weren't quite sure how to navigate. It. And that's a good watch out for you guys when you all are traveling is because you never know how hotels are going to react to having more guests than the allotted amount. I know in Mexico, we'll talk about that. That was something that we ran into. Granted, that was the first time that I had ever stayed at an all inclusive resort, but they halted a couple friends at the, at the desk who were staying at a different resort because they didn't have the wristbands and wouldn't let them through. So the last thing that we wanted to do was to, we arrived in Drew in, in Jerusalem pretty late was to get to the, or excuse me, Tel Aviv late. We, the last thing we wanted to do was get to the desk after a long day of travel and have Ali halted 
at the at the at the front desk. Now, granted, that's not what happened. However, that's just a good watch out when you all are are thinking it through. So we were able to have four people in the room. There was we basically had like four. It was like three twin or three four. Or, uh, excuse me, three double mattresses like across, and then there was like a a pullout like. Not even a love seat. It was like a lounge with an ottoman type situation, type setup. Uh, except it had, you know, those little those little chairs. Y'all probably don't know, but these. When I was a kid, I had this little chair where it had a cushion that you that that was high, and then you could unfold the cushion, and it would like, and then you could lay out, like you could stretch out on it. That's what this. That's what the the fourth sleeping platform was like. And so you know, cramped space. But one thing that this gave perspective on was how to manage various personalities now travel fatigue is very real especially when you all are hustling and bustling from country to country city to city on planes trains and automobiles you know you people can get tired of each other (laughs) to be all the way frank and so i think one thing we you know i harp on having a strong travel crew and one of the big things about having a strong travel crew is having someone who can manage those personalities or y'all take turns in managing those personalities when y'all can see somebody who's you know got the what do they call it on the breakfast club beige rage or whatever like when when that is happening like you got to take a step take a step back and reset you know and i think that it's very common on different trips for that to to occur for and for everybody to take turns on that because everybody reaches different fatigue uh or different points of travel fatigue at different times you know and so i think one thing that can exacerbate that is staying in close quarters for long periods of time now what we did not have a lot of that, I think there was some of it on the trip, just traveling with a group of 10, you know, that, that will happen. And people are, you know, I'm not somebody who needs to move altogether. Like, we don't have to we don't have to play magnet ball and just because somebody wants to go to do this, like, we go do this. And just because somebody wants to do this, we go do this. I'm more so like, you want to do that? That's, that's cool. But meet me back here <laughs> in a couple hours because I don't. And I'm going to go do this instead. I'm going to go to this co- local coffee shop so I can meet the locals and kick it with them. I'm going to go to this, this, you know, listen to some live music or whatever. So, and I think that that's one thing that, uh, why I love traveling personally with, uh, with AT legend, with Penn and with, um, with JT Finfresh is because we've always been able to, to kind of rock. We have similar tastes. So 90% of the time we do rock, the same and want to and want to do the same things but also we can spread out and do whatever we need to do and i've got other travel crews as well but this, they're just very topical because they were with me on this trip i think additionally we know we have a feel for each other which is something that when you take a few trips together you know you know people's personalities. You know who the liability of the crew is. You know who you got to look out for. You know who's gonna always lose something. You know who's gotta do. A, you know you just you just get a feel for how people are moving, and so I think you can be on alert and also look out for for other people as well, uh, or look out for them better when you know how they're moving a little bit. And we've definitely having almost hit ten countries together. We definitely have a have a good feel for one another. But just managing those various personalities, I think that's something that like it's it's not. 
necessarily indicative. Although we do have the saying, when you travel with somebody, you either come, you either come back best friends or worst enemies. While while that, I truly am wholly believe in that. I don't think that just because travel fatigue kicks in that you don't like somebody sometimes if, especially those of you with siblings or close family members like you can argue with them and, and just be pissed off but that doesn't mean you don't like them it just means that you're tired of them and i need you to go over there for like 10 minutes just leave me alone just leave me alone and let me chill for a second let me have some me time let me let me do, let me do this real quick uh, so yeah just something to keep in mind switching gears a little bit i have i have never and people people typically judge me fiercely for this however i am look this is a very a sidebar because you know i i can't stay focused i recently took a training on like public speaking and i want y'all to know that as this episode is going on all of the tips and not really tips but points of judgment that i received in that in that week are rapidly firing in my mind so i'm trying i'm trying y'all i'm trying y'all i hope it sounds good but neither here nor there i've never been people judge me because typically if you like people ask are you an animal person and if you don't respond with an instant and resounding yes i love animals they are my life People are like, oh, you must be kicking puppies behind the behind your house. Like, it's just, there's no middle ground with a lot of people. And that has always irritated me because the way I am, animals are like children to me. Like, I can't, like how other people view children. Meaning that I like to play with them and then I like to give them back. I don't need, I don't need a whole bunch of pets. I don't need to clean up after them. I don't need to, a pseudo child to try to figure out where do they go when I'm trying to travel and all that stuff? No shade to anybody if that's if that's your ministry, but that's just not how I'm getting down. And that is kind of I'm not like I'm not a, an animal crusader by any means. Um, meaning like you know I just I'm not a I, I just don't that doesn't that doesn't move me that doesn't move me. I don't I, I I like animals I love animals like I don't want any, any harm to them, but I'm just not going to be out marching in the streets for animals. That being said. I've never really been super bothered. Like, I've always kind of known that animals can be sedated and it, when you're traveling and you see them and you're like, I haven't been to Thailand yet, but when they, you know, have the have the tigers and all that stuff, like, I've realized that they could be drugged up. I personally don't even really know what a drugged up animal looks like. I don't think a lot of people do. I think they assume that animals are all drugged up. However, the treatment of the camels, when we were at the pyramids it was like it bothered me i ain't, i'm not even going front like it, it bothered me a lot just because the camels one they they looked beat up like they had sores all over their bodies and they were you could tell how they were like being whipped and like and you could like hear it and it was they these weren't like um i forget what you call them with the with the horses but the they were like those whips with like the little, the fat, like a stick with the fat leather on the, on the top. It was just like a stick and they were hitting them in like everywhere. And I was just like, I remember being very appalled. Like I was like, I was like, why are y'all hitting them like that? Like it didn't, the, they just didn't look like, I hate putting human emotions on animals because I don't know what they were feeling, but 
Yeah, they didn't look happy. Like it was just, it was very, it was disturbing. So that was like the only downside to the pyramids. The pyramids were were amazing. I think the the Sphinx was amazing. The company that we had was amazing. Like everything was very, very dope about that day. But I do remember feeling a very strong way about how the camels that we were riding on were being were being treated. And that was more so during the after we had seen the pyramids and whatnot we took a tour around the around the back of the pyramids to see the others the other pyramids i mean and i think that perhaps the reason that i didn't feel or that i felt away this time as opposed to knowing that elephants are being mistreated around the world or tigers are being mistreated around the world jungle cats in general i think it was because i saw it which speaks to one of my pet peeves in America is like knowing that's going on, like waiting to see something in order to feel affected by it. I think that happens in human rights issues a lot where people will know that injustices are going on and know that people are being harmed and know that there are problems, but they don't care until one of their friends, one of their brown friends has it happen to them or if their family becomes interracial and then now they have to see it that way. So I, that, and not to equate, because I'm absolutely not doing that. I'm not to equate human civil rights issues to animal issues, but there is some overlap, I think, in that. And so, I, I, do, I don't know. I mean, take it for what you will. I'm not trying. To, I'm not. I'm absolutely not saying boycott the pyramids or boycott the the tours or whatnot. But just be conscious. I'd be interested when other people have when other people go to visit how y'all feel about it. Just because it it did it did hit me. Like I was, I just you could just you could visibly see it on the camels, and I might post a couple pictures because I definitely took some of like just the the sores. They were just they had been they had been beaten up like they were scabbed up and everything. It was just like it it wasn't it wasn't great, but yeah. Either way, that was just just what I what I thought. Shifting gears again to something that is happier, and one of the real highlights of the trip to of our time in Tel Aviv that didn't get much shine in the other episode is there is a there's a phenomenal art district that is in like street art in that's that's very dope in Tel Aviv and D Brown found it I think it was more Instagram driven but however it regardless regardless it was it was great it was it was a highlight Banksy had some original work up there I didn't know that he it had gone over to Tel Aviv and was actually like and has has his original has some original pieces up. That was that was very awesome. And then it's like a whole there's a whole district that we just like kicked it in for like three or four hours and we did have a photo shoot. We did some I mean, y'all have seen some of those photos, <laughs> but it was it was just a, it was a good time. And I, I I'm, a, I'm a lover of art. I appreciate art. I'm not great at art. That's why that's why I do photography. Uh, not to say that other people's photography is not art. However, I don't really feel like mine is, but that's what I can do and what I can understand. And so that was it was just, it was just very dope. So I would and you can you can definitely just Google it and figure out where the art district is when you're over there. That's how we did it while we were chilling and having our morning time on the beach, uh, eating and drinking and whatnot. So and and go and check it out. I'd be interested to see how y'all how y'all like it and what type of fire Instagrams y'all can. Uh, Y'all can, y'all can shoot over there. <laughs> so that being said, I'm going to shut up. 
we're going to, I mentioned before, we're going to hear from JT Fit and Fresh, Ivy, as well as our tour guy Uri from Jerusalem. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with Uri, actually, going in reverse order. So you can hear a little bit about the the tour in Jerusalem. Uri started us with this. This is while we were going on the the tour of Via Dolorosa, and we were at the state, the fifth station of the cross, if my memory serves correctly. So, give a listen. One thing to note: Uri spoke like five languages, <laughs> and there were a, there was a, it was a very diverse group, just not not in the coded speak that we use in the United States. I mean, it was truly diverse. There was a lot of people just from different countries that were around, and they inherently spoke a lot of languages. However, Uri was able to satisfy them. So I just wanted to call that out so you all weren't thrown off when he starts speaking French and whatever else, and then comes back to, to English. So, here's Uri. and convict him that Antonio will be taken out to that place where they would be crucified. And buried. So here, no doubt, Jesus is falling for the second time because he see, you know, what is the future over here. Is the place uh, one of uh, the places most holy for Christians and is endroit plus sacré pour les chrétiens. Now I need your imagination for a few minutes. Imagine this place here is an empty field, okay, with a uh, rock over there where the crosses are put on and to the left uh, tombs tombs where the deceased people after they were uh, executed on different ways the Romans were very good in it uh, they would be buried in this place alors cet endroit ça c'est un chemin vide bon dans les temps des le deuxième temple il y a un rocher là où on mettait les croix Et à gauche, il y a euh, des, euh, des grottes pour enterrer les gens. Now, Jesus is brought from that place, over here, the same place where we're coming. The Romans, here, are taking his garments, his clothes. They're sharing the clothes between them. Alors, la station numéro 10, c'est ici, est où Jésus on prend ses habits et on partage les habits entre les soldats. Then he will be taken and put on the cross and will be nailed on the cross. That will be station number 11. Hello. You see, nobody is getting lost. Et station numéro 11, ça sera où Jésus, ça sera mis sur le, la croix et on va mettre des clous euh, dans les mains, dans les pieds. Then the cross will be put on the rock, and um, that will be station number 12. Et après, la croix sera mise sur le rocher. Ça, ça sera station numéro 12. After he will deceased, and trust me, this is very painful death. I won't describe it, but it's very painful. And... They would take, sometimes people uh, die there three days, it would take them to, to die. Alors ça va prendre des fois trois jours jusqu'à quelqu'un qui va, qui va mourir d'être sur la croix. And then they will take him off and they will put him on the anointed stone. The anointed stone was a place uh, like a Jewish ceremony, they will clean him. 
they will uh, uh, anoint him with oil and then wrap him with sheet. Alors, la station numéro 13, c'est où euh, le corps de Jésus sera préparé pour l'enterrement. Il va être nettoyé et on va mettre de l'huile, de l'huile d'olive sur son corps et après euh, va, on va mettre des draps euh, sur lui. And that is station number 13. Then the body will be taken to the cave, uh, station number 14, where he will stay for three days and then resurrect after three days when the Maria Magdalena will go to the tomb and find the tomb is empty. Alors, station numéro 14, c'est où uh, le corps était mis et il va rester là pour trois jours et après trois jours, il va, uh, comment on dit ça, Res Ressuscité. 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 Et euh, euh, Maria Magdalena va venir, va trouver que la, la, la tombe est vide. So all that is there. Now, what will happen next? After that, this is the year 33. Ça, c'est l'année 33. Immediately after that, people will start coming here, Jewish, that uh, Jesus for them is... Uh, alors, des juifs vont venir à pas à pas près de beaucoup de temps, vont euh, commencer à venir ici pour prier à Jésus. Les Romains n'aimaient pas ça. And uh, in the second century, 100 years later, 100 ans après, again, Andrianus, remember Andrianus, the builder of Jerusalem? will build here a temple for Aphrodite, the goddess of love, the goddess of uh, beauty. Alors, uh, Andrianus va construire ici un, un temple pour Aphrodite, la, la déesse de, de beauté d'amour. De, de, de That way he thought the first Christian will forget about, uh, about the story that happened here and will stop believing in these uh, things. Alors, Andrianus croyait que comme ça, les premiers chrétiens vont oublier de cette histoire. But we know history turned different, and the Romans themselves in the fourth century become Christians. And then Helena, the mother of Constantine, will come here and will destroy, of course, the Aphrodite temple and build here a beautiful. Uh, temple, a beautiful, uh, sorry, a church for uh, the story that happened here. And that will be in the year 325. Alors, uh, on sait que uh, l'histoire ici est que les Romains eux-mêmes sont devenus chrétiens. Ils vont... But as in Jerusalem, the story is always like that. In the 7th century, the Persian will come, destroy the church that is here. Les Perses vont venir, vont détruire l'église qui était ici. And only in the 12th century, uh, uh, again a woman, uh, Melisenda this time, a daughter of uh, Armenian princess and uh, a king, uh, Belgian French king, probablement uh, Baldwin, uh, Baudouin le deux, Baldwin the second. She will build that uh, church that we see here. Uh, in front of you. Alors, euh, seulement dans le 12e, euh, 12e euh, siècle, euh, Melissa, 
une fille d'une princesse arménienne et le roi Baudouin II va construire Baudouin II, ça veut dire le roi de Jérusalem. That church uh, was built in 1149 and uh, when Salah Adin conquered Jerusalem, he sealed one of the doors and on the other doors he put big doors, give, gave the key to two Muslim families that are closing uh, the doors at 9pm uh, and reopen at 5 o'clock in the morning. Alors, Salah Adin a pris l'église ici, il a construit un mur sur un de les portes, et la deuxième, il a donné les clés à deux euh, familles musulmanes qui euh, ferment les portes à 9h du soir euh, et ouvrent aux 5h du matin. But in the past, they forgot to open the doors in the morning, sometimes for weeks. So how you can eat? Alors des fois, ils ont oublié d'ouvrir les portes, les musulmans. Alors qu'est-ce qu'on fait Comment on a du manger Comment on a de la boire Well, you see the ladder over there on, tu, on peut voir cette échelle là en haut They went out from the window and brought a basket, basket down so people can have supply. Alors ils ont sorti de euh, la fenêtre sur l'échelle et ils ont amené euh, du manger de en bas. Now, why the ladder is still there Well, pourquoi l'échelle est encore là Well, the reason is because we have six different uh, uh, Christian streams controlling that church. Il y a six différents uh, chrétiens, uh, uh, qui, uh, sources de chrétiens qui sont uh, dans l'église. And, uh, of course, when you have so many uh, Catholic, Orthodox, Armenian, Syrian, And Ethiopians, uh, well, they will start fighting, of course. Ils vont se battre entre eux. So, the Ottoman, 250 years ago, made a status quo. Les Ottomans ont fait un status quo que uh, ils ont partagé l'Église. They part the, the church. And since then, everyone have his own part. De ce temps, chacun a sa part. But the letter to who it belongs. À qui appartient l'échelle No one knows. So, nobody can move it, because nobody knows to who it belongs. Alors, c'est pour ça que l'échelle est toujours là. And this is one of the stories. So, obviously, 10 minutes is a mere snippet to a five-hour tour. However, you get a feel for how Uri is explaining the things from all sides. It was definitely a very informed tour guide, and he was, a, and we appreciated him passing on that knowledge to us. It's very interesting. Like when he was taking us through there, it's funny how like Christian history woven into Jewish history, woven into over just general history, and how the how all sides have kind of taken their pieces from it and how different events mean different things to different groups so i would highly encourage you to go and check him out again we found him on viator previously um <laughs> on the night as we were going out to just like turn all the way up <laughs> so it worked out it worked out additionally when he called out the year 33 that always trips me out because i'm just like 33 bro like that's crazy jesus year hashtag so next we're going to hear from At JT Fit and Fresh and Ivy, I just wanted to get their thoughts on 
the trip and what had been their favorite parts and just how they were just in general what their overall reaction to the trip had been thus far we recorded we recorded this in tel aviv after we all rejoined following the art district tour some some of the group went over to the mall and kicked it over there however we were just kind of drinking in the street like chilling and pulled it started recording so without further ado What's been your favorite part of this trip, bro? Pyramids. Pyramids? Abby? Why? Because I've been wanting to go there for so long. Like, the pyramids. And then, like, you know, the, like, incredibly impossible engineering aspect of building that without motors. Like, that's... And then to see the actual scale of it as I got... It just kept getting bigger when I got there, too. Right. So, yeah. Pyramids by far. It's not even a close second. So, how did you... Was like, this, did the Sphinx fit in anywhere there, or was it just It was like, cool, too, but... I think he but the, the whole day with the camels. The whole day with the camels, too? But the pyramids... The pyramids, yeah. Like, I was like, holy fucking shit. Right. Mine was definitely pyramids. I mean, Egypt been at the top of my list for forever. So, like, I wanted to go there. It was a good experience. It was and very I, much like what I saw in books and, like, everything. Yeah. But I will say, in Luxor, King Tut's tomb, like, when you walk through, that's what you think of Egypt. Like, yeah. it's got the hieroglyphics when you're walking through there. You see a lot of King Tut's stuff at the museum. Yeah. Like, his thing. His I saw it at the, at the Egyptian museum, yeah. right? Did yeah. You go? yeah. No, we didn't. We ended up not going. We saw mummies and shit there. That's crazy. There was like a mummified baby. It was so weird. Did you see yeah. my picture? That's kind of sad. I'm going to put all those pictures. Well, baby's that. Hey, it's real. That's real true. But I'm going to put all my pictures in. I yeah, just, yeah. you know me. I do a one low. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yesterday, like Pause. for more. <laughs> <laughs> I saw yeah. you thinking about it. <laughs> I'm trying to grow like up. a conscious thing. Yesterday right. was more. Like the pyramids were amazing, but yesterday was. was and what'd you do yesterday? We went to Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Okay. How was that? Amazing. Amazing. It's like you have to. It's a lot of touring and a lot of information and yeah. a lot of like. Um, but it was amazing. Did you do any research on the front end? Yeah, I mean, I, I like stay pretty in touch, but I didn't realize like. I think like you stay in touch and you might like I'm like. I think I have like a pretty like. Liberal understanding of what's happening in the world, and then you go and you don't even realize just being from America how okay. like. So this is like Palestine, Israel type. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. But even that, and just being spiritual, like yeah. going to like, like all of those places, like, right? You like touch the, like you can like pray on the rock that Jesus was anointed on. Oh my goodness! Did it you? Was, that's crazy. I, mean, I, I took some crosses and like prayed over them and stuff to give that's my the, sister, my mom. It was, that for me was like super she's like, spiritual. Like yeah, I was, I was just really saying, she's that. much more like religious and spiritual than I am, and I like I forget that part. It's like I'm like, I like to see what was happening at the Wailing Wall and like right. And then like you, like they said like like the gate in order to go. So like that gold te- temple, right? The one where Jesus was buried, right? Is owned by the Muslims, and you can't go in there. Right. And if you do go through, it's only on certain times a day. If you you like, if you go there, the guy said, if if two people pray, it starts a riot. If ten people pray, war will start. Oh my goodness. Like it was, he said, this is the most dangerous and sensitive place in the world right now. And it, it was just really. That's what your guy said. Uh huh. Oh. It was really crazy. So obviously, that was prior to our. I guess I could call it a pilgrimage 
I've never, I've never thought about that. But our trip to uh, our our pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So we were getting the lowdown from Ivy and Justin. So they were, you know, you you get a different kind of a different feel to what other what mattered to other people how other people were enjoying the trip and what stuck out to them so it's it's always this is something that i always mention or i feel passionately about is what my experience is my experience is going to be inherently different from yours because i have had different life experiences that have led up to this trip so other things may be more important to me or they may hit home for me or i may want to see other things than you do so as Justin mentioned, he was very much, I want to see the pyramids. I have liked the pyramids. I did the, the engineering aspect, the architectural aspect of the pyramids is what got his juices flowing and why he wanted to see the pyramids to understand the scale of, of the pyramids. Whereas with Ivy, she was, you know, a much more spiritual person, much more religious person. And she was more interested in that aspect of it. So I think it's just helpful to see both of those and hear and hear both of those perspectives for me personally that it was it was a hybrid of the both i am a, a very spiritual person very focused on the relationship with god but also you have i, I had been wanting to go to egypt for forever king uh king tut's tomb was everything for me and like the pyramids as well so it you know you get a you get a mix of both the last thing i want to leave you guys with this was there was a jeweler that was right outside of the pyramids and he was a stop he was our last stop on the tour and he made these these really cool piece uh, pieces called chartouches where basically they spell your name in hieroglyphics and could put it on a bracelet or could put it on a necklace or big big um create a charm and whatnot and I mean, I got, I went back, I was not trying, I was not in the mood for it. That was after the pyramids, I'd hurt my back I, on the uh, on the camel because I was riding uneven for the whole time. And, you know, I was just, I was just not, I was in the mood to go home, go to bed and ice my back, <laughs> to be all the way honest, get in the pool and start and start some, some PT. However, I went back the next day because as I was looking at everybody's chartouches, I was like, yo, those are kind of dope. Like, and so I went back and got a bracelet. Now, the clasp on the bracelet has already broken, but that does not speak <laughs> to to shoddy workmanship, I will call it. It's just, I, I don't know. I think the, the chartouche still looks good. It's just the, the clasp. So I'm going to go get it fixed because this is very dope and I want to continue to wear it. However, the owner of the shop, got to talking to us while we were waiting they, they took about like 45 minutes to, to to make so we were just talking to him just like seeing what was good and i think that there's i've mentioned this before there is this myth of black american hatred in in africa or by africans and granted you know technically africans understand the egyptian like the middle east african dynamic however it was he had some interesting comments that I wanted to share with you all because he said these things very unprompted and he wanted to go out of his way to make his point of view known. Any black American who comes to Egypt, we feel proud to have all of you because we feel inside us as Egyptian, we do understand your roots come from Africa. So you should feel home, not to feel tourist. That's what you should feel. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. 
So I just really appreciated that. I appreciated him saying that because he didn't have to. Purchases had already been made for those of you who are making disparaging comments about he's just trying to get a sale. He's pandering. Um, <laughs> we had already paid. Everything was already was done. We were just waiting. However, I always enjoy chatting with people who are with the natives of the of the countries that I'm visiting just because they have questions for us, to be all the way honest, and then we have questions for them. He had a lot of questions about Trump and about American politics and all of that stuff and not even really on any uh he didn't really have a he did have a point of view, but it wasn't he wasn't saying disparaging things about Americans necessarily. He was more so trying to give us insight on the history of Egypt from a uh, I'd say more so from a political aspect and understanding like the inner workings and how people have been able to coexist and where the conflicts have been over time. So, you know, I I was very pleased that he was he was kind enough to offer some of his expertise and some of his experience so that I could learn from it. So that'll do it for today. We have made it all three parts of the Thanksgiving excursion. We're trying to figure out what's good for next year. I'd say early leaders are Australia, New Zealand, perhaps Indonesia, and then or might do it might go back to Africa and hit like Tanzania, Kenya, all in there. So more to come. We'll see how things rock, but um, definitely want to go on record as encouraging you to take advantage of the holidays to travel and be very thrifty with your vacation with the PTO that you get so that you can not have to use all your days. Just a thought. Obviously, scheduling is only one piece of the puzzle. However, if the Travel Guys has been a blessing to you, please subscribe. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Additionally, if you have subscribed, please leave a review. This helps us rise in the rankings. So when people are searching for travel tips and tricks or travel podcasts, we will rise up in the rankings. It only helps us help other people. So please and thank you for that. Please, five stars are always appreciated. Additionally, please follow us on Instagram at the Travel Guides, T H E T R A V E L G U Y D E S. For those of you who are new to the show, also welcome. And please follow us personally. I'm at GQ50, International P is at Y E S S U R O 7. And that'll do it for another episode of the Travel Guides. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Thanks for listening. <laughs>